You're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rydell. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with the most passionate business owners on this earth in hopes that you'll be able to absorb their wisdom, avoid their failures, and feel less alone on the roller coaster ride that is entrepreneurship. This season, I'll be chatting with creative thinkers, masterful marketers, brick and mortar shop owners, well known visionaries, and people just like you who have a story to share or a brand that inspires. If I can share one quick secret with you before we get into the episode, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. You know, that spark that nudges us to pursue our full potential in this lifetime. But perhaps somewhere along the line, it got covered up. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late to explore that inner voice and access the brilliance deep down inside of you. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. In the heart of Muskoka, home to some of Canada's finest nature and cottage escapes, there lies a town called Bracebridge. It's a place you can come to create, to taste, and to truly live. There's nothing quite like it. Which is why I'm so excited to bring you a special six-episode series in partnership with this magical little town. I'll be sitting down with local shop owners, restaurateurs, visionary entrepreneurs, artists, and above all, kind-hearted individuals who love sharing a piece of the town they live in. Bracebridge, Ontario is the perfect place to escape for an adventure, for relaxation, and to live out your own most visionary life. Be sure to stay in the loop with what's going on at Visit the Bridge on Instagram, V-I-S-I-T-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E. Okay, we are rolling. So Jed and Kurt, welcome to the Visionary Life podcast. I was saying just before we started recording that you two came highly regarded as people to chat with in the town of Bracebridge who are entrepreneurs, who have a very fun spirit and are creating some pretty cool stuff within the town itself. So very excited to have you here today. Welcome to the show and thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. us. This is great. I think uh, it might help the listeners who are on audio to just hear each of your voices so they know, know who's talking. So, Jed, could you just say hello? Hi there, I'm Jed. Awesome. Kurt, could you do the same? Hi there, I'm Kurt. Wonderful. Your voices actually sound kind of uh, similar, so we'll see if the listeners can differentiate. <laughs> Never heard that before. Never <laughs> once in my life, but well, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do our best to differentiate and they can always head over to YouTube and catch this as a video version, too, which is kind of fun to watch um, Jed and Kurt and see who's who. So (laughs) um, let me start with some quick fire questions. So, Jed, let's start with you. Uh, Where did you grow up? I grew up right here in Bracebridge. All right. How about you, Kurt? Same thing. All right. So... Yeah, obviously there's something special that's been keeping you there, eh? <laughs> oh, it's our, our parents, our pal, our dads are very good pals. They're actually going to a birthday party for one of their friends tonight, 75th birthday. Wow. Um, and so we've been dragged around to all the things that your parents would be doing, barbecues mm-hmm. and baseball and hockey, and we just run around and play and have fun. And now, And now our kids are doing that. That's super cool. So at what age did you both meet each other? We, we've known each other since before we can remember, but uh, we do have some photo evidence of us on the same hockey team as like six or seven years old Mm -hmm. with both our dads coaching. I I know they always kind of say like, be careful who you go into business with. Did it ever dawn on you that going into business with such a close friend could be a risky decision? Or have you always just had that relationship where you're like, we can get through anything. We've known each other this long. What the heck? I, I feel like our friendship as young kids, uh, we, we, we did hang out a lot together, played on sports teams together. We always knew each other pretty well, but our friendship didn't become as close as it is now, probably late until later on in life. Like we were always very close, but um, we both went away, but I'll just talk about my, my, my own kind of journey, but I went yeah. away and lived abroad for a number of years. And when I came back to Bracebridge, it was, I had been in business. I had been doing my own thing for quite some time. 
and a partnership was not really something I've always wanted to be in a partnership, but I wasn't like yeah. uh, hunting for it or anything, but I feel like our, our personalities are so different and we, we were so yin and yang that it just, it made sense to me uh, to ask her to, to do a, you know, a partnership together. And he was mm -hmm. quick, quick to say no right away. So we'll leave it at that and then go, go to Kurt. <laughs> All right. Let's hear your side, Kurt. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I feel like we, we had a like great childhood of playing in bands and playing, you know, sports together and being in our parents' backyards. And uh, it's a great friendship, you know, visiting each other at university. And then, yeah, Jed moved away and I had my own life trajectory and then he arrived and, he's a dreamer and a schemer and an entrepreneur in every sense of the, the word. And I'm a cautious calculating spreadsheet maker. And so the thought of buying your local pub and going into business with the, you know, a good friend, like there's a lot of asterisks there that you need to look at before you do it. But mm -hmm. here we are yinging and yanging 12 years later. I yeah. love that. Have you ever heard of the book called traction? Nope. No, I've heard of it. And well, you're describing it perfectly. It talks about um, all these wildly successful companies, uh, how at the top, usually the two founders are the visionary, which I assume would be Jed and the integrator, who's the more calculated person who kind of brings the dreamer or the visionary back down to life and says, no, we need to get some numbers. We need to get some proof. We need to get some data. And yeah, it says definitely. like, most yeah. of the biggest companies, they have a visionary and an integrator, and that's what helps them rise to the top so quickly because it's not one person trying to play both roles. It's literally two very different types of people who actually complement one another really well. So I think that's kind of cool that you just described that. There we go. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely us to a T. Um, all right. Uh, let me ask you one more quick fire question just to warm up our voices. What's your favorite drink or maybe a beer to sip on a hot day? Because I know you're, you're pub owners, so I would love to hear that from you. Go ahead. Water. Water. Keeping uh, it simple. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big water drinker, but I love an IPA, like a really fresh IPA, really cold in the summer. I feel like that's always been refreshing to me. I'm not mm -hmm. a lager drinker. I don't want anything sweet. Yep. Love that crispness. Love it. Jed, how about you? I, I think I'm more of a... For my most favorite, like, summertime drink, I think it has to be somewhere between a pale ale and an IPA. So, like, a, a lighter, hoppier, fruitier, uh, sessionable drink that's – I feel like that's where I've been headed mm -hmm. the last couple of years anyway. I just love that. Before we kind of dive into the interview, I'd love to know, do you guys ever find time to just sit down and enjoy a drink together without talking business? Or is that something that just doesn't happen these days? You know what? We both do so many things in the same kind of way. Like Kurt's finishing a house right now. I yeah. just finished and I'm starting a new house right now. And, and, and that when we're not talking about business, we're talking about house building mm -hmm. or, or traveling or kids or like our, our lives are so intertwined now that it's, I feel like the short answer is yes. We're, we're, we talk about everything. That's awesome. Love it. But not, I don't feel like there's a lot of beer time. It's, it's yeah. weird. I mean, when you go to work with somebody, well, now it's not as much, but like in a regular course of a year, that's not coronavirus. Like when you're at work with somebody 30 hours a week, 40 hours a week, your social, your desire to have social time and we're both social animals. The desire for us to hang out after spending eight hours at work mm -hmm. is lower than it would be if you didn't see each other. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, it's not like we're catching up on anything. We already know. Everything. You know, everything. Yeah. Yeah. So our families, I guess, suffer a little bit on that side because <laughs> they don't see each other the 40 hours a week. And yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we have a very similar group of friends. So, yep. you know, finish a work day and he's running off to one group of friends places to have barbecue dinner. And I'm going to see somebody else and meet them at the cottage for a swim. And yeah, it's uh, it definitely has changed the friendship a, a tiny bit. We spend yep. more time together, but less just with a beer in your hand, less yeah. just being pals. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, so for the listener, let's zoom the lens back a little bit. So maybe take us back, Kurt. What were you up to before Jed approached you with this crazy idea? Like, did you ever have a vision of becoming an entrepreneur? Did you have a steady career or were you um, in a, a transition point in your life? What was going on? Well, I've, been, I've been working at a marina um, for six, five or six years. 
it was a career job. It didn't start that way, but yeah, it was good. I bought a house. I was loving walking to work in a nice, you know, summer Muskoka town. And that was my life trajectory. And I had, you know, side things like I, I did kind of like some event planning with my friends and always had something cool to do with my hobby time. Mm-hmm. but I never saw it as a money-making venture. You know, I'd invite 20 guys up and we'd camp and do every sport and do great things. And it's a bunch of logistics and planning and I guess you could monetize it, but I was just doing it for friends. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, Judd basically, he's the driver of the bus. You know, he just threw it out one day at guy tires are out and barbecue at his place and said, you know, my wife and I have been thinking about buying a local business. And we looked at a Tim Hortons and it didn't work out. And What do you think about the pub? And it was just like, I know my life was, I wasn't thinking about it yeah. at all at that point. So it's <laughs> maybe like, a lot okay. of convincing that needed to happen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of digesting and like, do you want to go, you know, into business with a good friend? What are the pros and cons? And, you know, the pro with Jed is, you know, he's going to be driven and passionate and he's going to have all these great ideas. And the con is if things go south, what does that do to a friendship? That's a strong friendship. And at that point, you know, we're in a small, smallish town we didn't have a lot of the people we call friends now home yet. They were still traveling or doing, you know, second university degrees or off making their way in the world. And, um, it was, yeah, a smaller friend group. And now owning a pub, man, we're friends with everybody. <laughs> I love it. Nice. So Jed, when did the light go off for you in wanting to own a business? Like Kurt said, you had maybe intentions to own a franchise at one point, but obviously then you saw the pub for sale. Can you just take us back to like, what was that the, whole period like? like? Well, <laughs> he, he got his first job at 12 washing districts. Like I'm never working for anybody. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, I, I was at, after school. I, uh, I spent some time in Asia and, um, doing some teaching and, uh, just kind of traveling around and, and found myself with, with my wife. Now we, we would did some traveling in Honduras and we had a, we bought a business, a tourism business and kind of played that out for three years, did some real estate development and, uh, and working in a business that, you know, was needed, needed constant attention and needed like creativity and needed like, you know, hustle, lots of hustle. Um, we thought this is the, you know, I love doing it. We love doing it. When we, when we came back to Bracebridge, it was like, okay, well we have, we, we have to start a business. We have to yeah. do something like, what are we going to do? And yeah, we did look at a bunch of different franchises, big box stuff. And it was, it just didn't have the same feeling. It didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, also Kurt and I, one of the things that kind of have kept us together through all the years and we still do today is, is playing music. And uh, I did all my education in music. Kurt's like, the human jukebox, like we, we always had that together. And it was like, what could we do in a business where we could also incorporate music? Beer was like craft beer was just starting to take off into in the early 2000s. And um, it just kind of had it checked a lot of boxes that you know, we could get into an up and coming market, something different. Uh, my brother was in brewmaster school. He just been in Germany learning to make beer and he was, that's all he could talk about. So it was, it was, you know, on my mind a lot, but it was, uh, you know, bringing everything together and having that, you know, business idea, music, beer, entertaining, fun, and, you know, rolling the dice, as we say, was, uh, was something, you know, we're excited about. Thanks to edX for supporting this week's episode of Visionary Life. edX offers top quality university education at your fingertips. Supporting learners at every stage, whether you're just entering the job market, changing career paths, or seeking a promotion, edX delivers online courses for visionaries like you on topics that you'll love, like marketing, entrepreneurship, and food and nutrition among many others. To kick off my own edX experience, I enrolled in a marketing course and just wrapped up an amazing lesson on the topic of real-time marketing, which is all about how we, as business owners and marketers, can incorporate the narrative of current events into our promotional strategies. Professor Darren shared so many real-life examples, and I loved listening to this lecture. I also appreciated that I could listen to the lecture at one and a half speed, yeah, I'm a little bit nutty like that, while folding my laundry, cooking dinner, 
Hello Multitasking. Visit edX.org slash visionary. That's E-D-X dot O-R-G slash visionary for an exclusive discount and start your learning today with top professors and instructors from a wide variety of prestigious universities. You'll be amazed that you're able to access this type of information without leaving your laptop. Offered fully online, edX courses are flexible and can fit into your busy schedule. What are you waiting for, Visionary? Again, simply visit edX.org slash visionary to get started. One more time, that's edX.org slash visionary. Now, when you saw the pub come for sale and you started marinating in this idea, did you immediately like sit down, write a business plan, see what the feasibility was? Or were you, did you just go to more of like that dreamer <laughs> state? Yeah. So um, what did that think, look like, Kurt? Had you ever written a business plan before? Like, I had, yeah. I did a bunch of business courses at university. And then at the marina, it was a, a new purchase when I started. So somebody some cottagers had bought it from a retiring guy. And so there was, yeah, business models put in place there. So yeah, Jed throwing the idea on the table, it became like, okay, this is an industry we don't know anything about. So, you know, doing your internet searches and what have, you know, margins and sales levels per seed and seasonal businesses and staffing and all these things. And yeah, we built things and I still have them on my computer and they're hilarious to look at, you know, your best guesses. You thought you could do X and Y and, it's just a best guess and you jump in, you know, it makes you feel good enough that you either jump in or you don't. And then once it's in, once you're in, you're just doing your best. You're making changes. You're learning from mistakes. You're trying new things. You're running with things that work. And we did all of it. You know, we had costume parties. We took the seats out of the pub and at dance parties, we played music till two in the morning with our shirts up on top of the tables. You know, we had drinking Olympics. Like we did all sorts of crazy things just hustling yeah. in the first couple of years and you figure out what works and then it kind of becomes this, Hey, this is, we've tried and tested all of the things. Mm-hmm. We didn't leave any stones unturned. We know it works for this place. And, and the drinking Olympics was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> that was the tipping point, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when you think back to those early days, um, maybe I'll ask this to you, Jed, but has your vision kind of come to life or could you have never predicted this crazy journey of like launching, pivoting? Um, or was this what you imagined when you thought about buying the pub and, and creating a business? Um, I would say that think that there was any kind of two to five year plan for anything in my life ever would be a bald faced lie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it was, there's no way, there's no way that we could ever have, mapped out this course that is that this journey has taken and it's i think that's probably why our partnership has lasted so long and, and will continue to run is that it's just an ever-changing and constant growth and turns and ups and downs and yeah i probably make i feel like it's every couple months i'm making a budget and we're talking <laughs> through a business business plan for some new offshoot and there are a lot of no's like we so a, a marathon potentially and a clothing store are only two of the six budget business plans I made last year. Yeah. And, and some you look at and you just say, okay, that's too much energy for the payback or yeah. that's too high risk or we don't have the bandwidth right now for that. And some of them are just like, well, that's a great idea. But when you flush out the numbers, it doesn't work in Muskoka. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I'd go with Jed, you know, we make a five-year business plan and he's such an entrepreneur. Things come down the pipeline. We aren't, Yeah. I don't know. I saw a meme recently, like there's such a big difference between being self-employed, being a business owner and being an entrepreneur. And I feel like I'm a business owner and Jed's an entrepreneur. We aren't the people doing, we aren't self-employed. We aren't in serving drinks at the pub anymore. That stopped six or seven years ago. We don't bartend, we don't run food, we don't take drink orders, we don't answer the phone, that stuff's gone. Now we're, you know, we're chasing bigger, bigger things. We've got this thing running and there's been so many things over the years that pop up and some of them are one-time deals and, some of them are things that pay off long-term and we're still doing. And because of the entrepreneurial spirit, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we pivot pretty quickly and we go try things out. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas somebody else who 
is just a restaurant owner or a storefront owner, you don't have that appetite. If you want to be self-employed, you don't have the time. You're in your store six days a week or you're bartending at your restaurant six days a week. You don't want to go and do a week down in the city doing X or Y. Um, And I think that's just knowing what kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for us, we aren't, we aren't that, we don't want to be business or uh, self-employed, self-employed people. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's a really good difference that I, I think not a lot of people really think about. They think being an entrepreneur is, you know, like just working in your business, but it's like, when do you get that time to step away and actually, you know, continue advancing forward, working on your business? Yeah. Versus in it. Um, And while we're kind of on that topic, Kurt, uh, of business plans, you seem to obviously be pretty masterful at writing them. Would you have a tip for our listeners who maybe are, are wanting to write their first business plan, like of maybe something to watch out for or something to pay extra careful attention to and not just breeze over? Find your opposite. Like find, if, it's, if you don't have a business partner, then find somebody who thinks differently than you. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's the yin and the yang. When you make your business model, if you, I mean, it's like any scientific thing. If you're trying to prove something, if you're saying, hey, I think that we can do this. If you're only one person, you're going to make a budget that shows you you can do it. Find somebody who doesn't believe in your idea and try and convince them or get them to ask you hard questions for why they don't think it can work. And you'll end up in a happy medium place and you'll know, you might, you know, see what your best case scenario is if you're a worst case scenario person, mm-hmm. or you might have the opposite, right? Where you're having somebody saying like, yeah, that sounds like a great best case. What happens if it rains? Or have you thought about this? And I feel like that's the one good thing about a partnership is you have that the sounding person. board. So is mm-hmm. it your partner at home that can help you with your business model? Is it your parent? Is it, somebody else in town that's in a non-competing business that can mm-hmm. say, Hey, I'm, you know, this is a glass half full person and they're creative and I need that input into my business models. Find that person to help you. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people out there. Like we've helped people that come to come to us and ask, you know, we've gone to other people and said, Hey, look at this grant writing thing we're doing, or look at this. There are lots of people out there who are willing to give you your time. Don't mm-hmm. be shy to, to get that input. That's awesome advice. So, Jed, when somebody asks you today, like, what is the Griffin Pub? How do you describe the experience of what you guys have created? You should look up that that mantra of the first time we opened the pub. You should find that while I answer this. Um, so, if someone asked me what's the Griffin Pub, I would say, as the you know ever always the salesman, I would say yes. it's it's the best place in town. It's a place to get the best food the best beer selection, uh, to see live music, to gather with friends, and to have the best service. Um, we have been so lucky over the years to be surrounded by such amazing people mm-hmm. like that work at the pub. Our, our staff is, they're just awesome people. And, and we've, ha- we've been so lucky to have a turnover of, of such great people. And some of them, you know, have been here for years. And have just been such an integral part of the success of this business. And I think that customer experience is, is so important and, and that's why we do have a, a really great following. But um, the short answer is just a, a place where you can get the best experience. Mm. I love that. I think in a pub, it's also really important, the people that are inside the walls. Um, and that comes back to your business plan and who are you targeting? Mm-hmm. If you've got 28 seats as we do, you can't satisfy everybody. You're not for everybody. We don't have Boston pizza's ability to take on hundreds of people. So who do you want in here? And, and that target is, it's a really specific kind of person, Mm -hmm. uh, in a 28 seat little pub, you can't escape live music. So the people coming here have to like live music. If they come at night, they have to, they can't escape crap beer. We don't have the ability to have, you know, 30 drafts on tap and a whole bunch of cans and bottles. So we're a craft beer place. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was curating that at the start, trying to make sure the food and the beer and the type of people that were here jived. And it's, I think it's a really, we've built this really good following of people that come in. Like you could go to any table, male, female, doesn't matter. You can just mingle. People are decent. They're, um, the craft beer does that. Our price point does that. The kind of ethnic food that we you know flair that we have on our pub food Mm -hmm. does that um and it's not knocking people that we're not for them there's lots of other places out there to go to but our 28 seats like 
It's really good. It's a really good atmosphere. And it's not just the staff that do that. It's the regulars that come in. It's the people that are so proud when you come to your cottage to say, Kelsey, you're coming up this weekend. I got to take you to this hole in the wall pub that I found. Mm -hmm. And we get it. We get these people that just are so proud to show off this thing they found. Well, they say that the greatest form of advertising is when your customers do it for you, right? And that's exactly what happens, like you're just explaining, when you know, you're sitting on the dock of your cottage with a friend and you're like, want to go out tonight? I found this amazing pub. Like, you guys aren't doing anything. Meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are spreading your brand on your behalf. It's like, heck yeah, when you find those 27 people who freaking love your business because they're like, I feel home here. These are my people. Then they're more apt to go tell, you know, the friends that are like them too. And so I think that's such a good reminder that you said, Kurt, like you're not the restaurant for everybody. So don't try to be, don't be, you know, trying to please all people in the early days because everyone is not your customer. And that's just the truth of most businesses. Um, And I think a lot of people forget that because they want to be liked by everybody. They want to be a generalist and see who comes through the door. And um, I think that there's a lot of merit in getting specific and really defining, no, we, we want the person who appreciates a craft beer, who loves the loud music and, you know, all the other quirks. That... And kimchi on their bison burger. and kimchi on their bison burger exactly those are your people (laughs) um now i know that somewhere along this journey of owning the pub you also started entering other business relationships together so can you just take us to like at what year did you start talking about another business and like what do you own today paint us a picture of what jed and kurt have their hands in so the, fir- the first thing that happened with the pub was because uh, going back to this kind of, we were on the cusp of like uh, a, a ever changing beer market with this craft beer movement. We were asked to do a, a beer, beer and food sort of cooking show at the Royal Winter Fair in Toronto. So we went up as the local, you know, Muskoka boys and we did a, we did a little cooking show with our chef and, and it opened up a world of eventing. So, what they had in their experience, uh, what the Royal had was this, this beer kind of area, beer and wine area. And it was, you know, for the average customer, it was pretty, you know, it was a neat experience, but for, for us that were kind of had already dove into the world, it, we were right away. How can we help? How can we turn this into a real beer experience? What can we do? And they just gave us the reins. And for 10 years, we ran the beer program, the wine program, and, and did eventing with the Royal Winter Fair at, with, for tens of thousands of people doing beer experiences. And some of those were hilarious and some of them were great, but what it led us to was, um, was to the CNE. So the, the National Exhibition saw what we were doing, asked if we would do the same kind of a beer wine experience at the, at the X which we did. And that turned into our, probably our biggest business ventures do running the beer, beer, wine and spirit program at the CNE. And unfortunately it's not happening this year, but for the last 10 years uh, we've run festivals, multiple bars um, and beer experiences for the X for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And it's, it's our most coveted moment of the, it was mine of the year. Uh, where we go down and we we play host to you know thousands and thousands of people and get to give them the beer experience, beer, music, food, everything. Wow! And that's kind of our event side. And then uh, you know that was starting in about 2009, and uh, we've been doing that ever since. And then in 2015 or 14, we got the ex- through kind of those channels. We did uh, the beer experience for the Pan Am Games at Nathan Phillips Square. So we had the concert series. It was, you know, 40 nights of serving beer to 25,000 people a night. It was absolute madness. Wow. And uh, we had like the best summer we could have ever imagined. And we said, well, what can we do? How can we expand in our community? And we knew that, you know, the health food store in town had been, you know, 30 year old, a 30 year business and, and, and the owner was looking to retire. So we approached the owner and said, Hey, like, what do you think about us taking over the health food store? And I guess from there. Yeah, it was great. Like a perfect timing for us to have a cash injection from the Pan Am games to arrive on our doorstep and um, 
yeah, so 2015, end of the year, we took over that business. Um, we bought a big building. We did a big renovation. So now we have this beautiful space right downtown, big parking lot, health food store. Um, and it's, yeah, there's, so that's a bricks and mortar. Mm -hmm. The pub is a bricks and mortar, you know, year round businesses. And then the event side is we've had events that we've run. We had our own beer festivals. We had one in the city at, um, Young and Dundas. And we did one up here at a, a big park in Bracebridge that we did for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've since sold those. We've done, we did the Tough Mudder. We did a beer festival over uh, in near Belleville for a couple of years. I mean, what other little events have we done? Just like so many beer events, so wow. many beer events, like a Wasega beach food truck festival. We did all the beer. Um, and it's just that ability where you're not stuck being a bartender or not stuck, but if you're not bartending at six days a week and saying, I can't go do this, we have that bandwidth to say, okay, let's take an event staff over and, and execute mm-hmm. this thing. And if it works great, we'll be back next year. And if it doesn't, well, whatever, kick some tires, had some fun and yeah. play some weddings. Oh, we play weddings. We're wedding too. singers. Oh, of course. One more thing to add to your list that, of many. That's our joy. That's like <laughs> that's the gravy. That's the best job you can have. It's yeah. you know, on a Saturday, you get to go with your friend, you get dressed up. We take two, you know, musicians with us. We get to play a ceremony, be part of this beautiful thing. Yeah. Play the cocktails, mm-hmm. which you know, we both sing and Jed plays a stand up bass and you're usually at some beautiful Muskoka resort or somebody's beautiful cottage. And, and they're having the happiest day of their life and they couldn't be happier about what's going on. So your, your audience is perfect. <laughs> so we, we play music for six, seven, eight hours. We get a sack full of cash and we get, you know, all the compliments, Yeah. And, you know, probably a few leads from a bridesmaid who just got engaged and a cousin who just got engaged. And yeah. It's, it's amazing. And if people would just go ahead and get married on Tuesdays in February, then I could quit all my jobs. Thank you to Healthy Planet for supporting today's show. Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for all of your natural health and supplement needs. And they have the best prices, I promise you. I've been shopping at Healthy Planet for over five years, and that is why I am so grateful to have them as sponsors, because I know you're going to love how easy their online or in-person shopping experience is. You can find them at www.healthyplanetcanada.com. On their website, you can shop by department or dietary need, or even you could just pop in and check the sale rack. It's such an efficient way to ensure that you're stocked up on all of your favorite health goods all of the time. Use the code VISIONARY10 at checkout, that's VISIONARY10, and you'll save 10% on any online order that's a minimum of $49. So again, that's the code VISIONARY10 at checkout at healthyplanetcanada.com. Oh my goodness. So I mean, in being able to have the capacity to continue dreaming about these next opportunities and to even be able to play weddings, you've obviously had to release a lot of the need to control every aspect of every business. Did that come easy to you both? Because oftentimes in the early stages of owning a bricks and mortar, it is like hustle, hustle, hustle. I have to do everything. I'm the only one that can do this properly. Only me can deliver the customer experience the way I know it needs to be delivered. How did you go from, um, I don't know where you started, but to being at a place where you're like, we trust in our people. We, we, we can continue to, to move forward. That whole first few years is learning. It's learning... Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't come from the industry. So it's learning how the industry works. It's learning what kind of customers you've got and what your price point is and what your margins can be and how much your seat revenue can be and um, what's working when you're trying special events and special dinners and you've got to be there for that. Um, so we were, we hustled, we bartended, we played music, we did all those things. And as you start to learn it, you realize how much money the business can make and what job you have to do. And do you have the appetite to do that? And we just, you know, we had some frank discussions. Like there is a life here. You can, you know, one of us could be the chef and one of us could be the bartender and we could both make a good life. That also means you're here and you're, you're doing that. And is that what, what drives us? And especially for Jed, it's not what drives us. It's, you know, we had to do it. We did it for two, two to three years. We were here 50, 60 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're having a young family and you had a little girl at the time and, my kids are on the way you realize that's maybe not the life that you want Mm -hmm. and 
so we knew what the pub could do and we put good people in place. We had an amazing chef who was here for seven years with us. And she's now actually the chef at, at our store, at the health food store. Cool. Amazing person who kind of took the reins. And then we had a, a guy we went to school with growing up who took over the front of house and we were pivoted to the row and her fair world and the C and E world mm-hmm. and wedding singing. And so we kind of start supplementing our income from pub profits to events profits. And yeah, it's just, it's a big learning thing. And, and we realized what worked. So you lean back on that experience when the new managers and staff are here and they say, Hey, what about this? I'm like I tried that two years ago for four months straight. We banged our head against the wall trying to make that work. It doesn't yeah. work. This works. Here's the track track record. Here's what we did to make that work. And um, yeah. And I feel like, I don't feel like it was too hard. Mm-hmm. at the start to to give it up i think we'd put enough time in like when you're here every day yeah doing the books doing the serving you know helping plate food tasting like we tasted everything for five six years we tasted everything that went on the menu yeah new menus coming out in three weeks we're having a tasting two weeks in advance and mm-hmm. then a week in advance we're tasting the adjusted menu and then we're writing the menu up and now we don't now yeah just pay the bill at the printer and it just happens and stuff's <laughs> on the menu like what is this i can't wait to try this it's already on the menu yeah that's awesome. So, yeah, I think we've, I don't think there's been a whole lot of hurdles as you, I don't know, you, as you move up your, as your pyramid gets bigger at the start, it was, you know, three staff and the two of us. And now we've got, you know, in the peak of summer, 25 to 30 staff, plus all our eventing part-time staff that we grab. So you can't, you can't know what the bottom left person is doing. No. you got to just be at the top and say, okay, our game is craft beer, hard stop. Mm-hmm. You can't have any of the big boys in here. So. I don't pick the beers anymore. I don't think you pick a whole lot of the beers anymore. Yeah. Our manager understands it. He loves it. He buys in. He's got it. Um, same with the food. It's not, we're not doing chicken wings and uh, regular French fries yeah. and Caesar salad. That's not our world. Our world is a little bit different and our chef fully gets it. And we just, we love his food. Yeah. So he runs with it. That's awesome. It's really, um, I think, aspirational for a lot of people to hear, to like get out of your own way and, and put amazing people in place that can carry your vision forward even when you're not physically present right like bring people in their vision and their vision yeah empower them right like yeah you give them the parameters and you say here's what we should do and you let them kind of yeah in those parameters go and make their own mistakes and learn their own things and Mm -hmm. you know the guy who's he's been here what jordan's been here seven Seven years. years eight years yeah like he's now the expert of these walls yes the regulars aren't our regulars anymore yeah they're his regulars. yeah he goes and visits their cottages and he goes and golfs with them on mondays when he's off cool. like, these are his people and it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah um do you have time for a story of course yeah bring it on uh i just i thought jed was going to tell it he, he glazed over it because <gasps> it's a big thing so i mean part of the entrepreneurial spirit is seeing an opportunity and taking it mm-hmm. even if it's presented to you not as an opportunity okay so we did this rural winter fair at a cooking stage they'd had us hired to come down and they covered your costs and gave you a, you know some couple hundred bucks to bring food so you had to feed i don't know what it was 30 people or 50 people that could sit in front of the stage and do a cooking demo <laughs> so we drive down and we're you know dirt poor because it's our first year running the pub and we're plowing even our tips back into the business so we like go down and we got 200 bucks and our chef comes with us and we like, well, if we're going to the city, we got to book a gig, take our music gear, and we'll pick up beer. Because at that point, 2008, there's only a couple of breweries from the city that delivered this way. So whenever we went to the city for any reason, we always picked up beer because you get something new. So we picked up beer Friday. We played this gig Friday. We go Saturday with our chef. We're in the back, back kitchen, almost ready to go on stage. And our chef's like, guys, the past, it's, it won't work. He'd made like a from scratch pasta and he was putting it through the cutting machine and whatever. I don't know what happened. And he's like, we can't do food. We cannot do food. It's like, we're hooped. We're on stage in like five minutes and we're hooped. And it was just like, we're, we've been paid for this. We have to go on stage. There is a crowd of people out there. And the lady is like working on our bio, getting ready to go on and introduce us. And it was just like, ah, and Jed was like, I'm running the car, get the ice, get a bucket of ice. I'm going to go get the beers. We're doing a beer tasting. I'm getting our guitars. We're doing it. <laughs> and, uh, so out he goes i get a bucket of ice he comes running back in with cases of beer they go on ice we so i think our chef ran and found little sample cups from another like a cheese tasting booth or something she introduces us we're supposed to do spaghetti we come on stage guitars in hand and we just like you just start yelling 
free beer, free beer. <laughs> so you take this moment where you could tuck your tail between your legs, say you're sorry, walk your car, drive home, and it'd be over. Or you can take it as like, we're doing it. We're supposed to do it. This is a chance to just get out there and do something. Mm-hmm. So as we are out there doing that, the person at the Royal Winter Fair who's in charge of all vendors walks by just by chance. And we're singing songs and there's a crowd of people having samples of beer. And when we finished, he comes backstage and says, we've got this wine and beer tasting bar and it's really not going. Would you guys curate this and run it for us next year? Yeah. Door opens. We go do that the next year. The CNE guy comes to that bar and says, I need this at the CNE. Door opens. And from this hilarious moment with a chef on the verge of like. I'm pretty a- sure I broke that fast machine. I, I, I think I did. <laughs> Deep, dark secret. Like red, sweaty. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. But and, it's like. And you also have to imagine we're dressed fully as cowboys with giant bull horned belt buckles like just to add to that vision of of embarrassment and uh excitement all at once why were you dressed like cowboys we're at the royal winter fair well i i was thinking of like pasta italian food so i'm like i i don't see how this matches up but yes okay well, we're we're full idiots like like one of the first years we were at the fair i jed went and found a sheep farmer and he they had them shear my head with the sheep shears i had a big afro at the time oh my gosh yeah yeah and we filmed it it was great well i actually think this is such a good like teachable moment or lesson because i've been thinking a lot about how um oftentimes our businesses grow as we self-express more and more and just become more of who we are um, and infuse that into our businesses so like shining every aspect of yourselves and your quirky traits and all the things that make you guys unique and it sounds like you know you being on stage and just sharing like yeah we love craft beer and yeah we're gonna entertain you like you literally just being your goofy selves brought about opportunities. And I think that that's what's missing in a lot of people's businesses these days is that they're acting like a shell of themselves and and thinking they have to do it one way when there really is no right way. Like, we just want to see more of who you guys really are. And and that's naturally going to make us want to connect with you, to learn more about you, to give you opportunities because we see that you have character and that you are, I don't know, you're, you're different, right? So... I think that's... And I think I think if that evolution brings to you know bringing back that personality or that uh, special gift you might have to your community, and that's kind of what we've you know prided ourselves on is bringing those things to Bracebridge and having a local beer fest, yeah. having a local pub, having a local health food market, and then counting on our people to to support us year round, and for us to give them the experience or for them to come back and you know come to our pub, come to our, our store and, and be a part of this, you know, community effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And I love that. And so speaking of Bracebridge, um, I know you guys both said you're born in Bracebridge, you're back there with your families running businesses. Um, what else about this small little town two hours north of Toronto? What else do you love about the community? Um, just about living there in general? I love about I love the way Bracebridge looks. I I feel like I take a ton of pride in in walking around this town and just there's so many places you can go that are so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, this year especially, I've been getting out a lot outside, and it's just there's so much to do outside in Bracebridge, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this tight community uh, living here is it's so wonderful to have so many great people that you can run into, you can talk with, you can, you know, experience regular, like everyday life with it. Mm-hmm. It's been a, a treat yeah. to be not in a cold, faceless city. Mm. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like if I wasn't here, I'd be in a small town somewhere else. And I learned that when I went away to university and mm-hmm. college, you know, you go and live in the cities and there's stuff I do love about it. But yeah. I, I'm not built that way. I want to go into the local coffee shop and before I get to the front of the counter, my coffee's already there on the counter waiting for me. And I walk into the bank and I've got no ID and no card and like four of the five tellers like, hi, Kurt, what do you need? It's like, I just need this from this business today and they just do it. Yeah. You can't, like we come down the city and do business. There's none of that. You got to have your ID all the time. Like 
no one's doing you any favors. You're in this like horse blinder world where, and there's, there's great parts to that. And that's how some people are wired. Yeah. Uh, I think that comes back to, we talked about like the difference between an entrepreneur and business owner and, and an employee. And we all need to go and figure out what we all want. Mm -hmm. Does religion give you what you want? Well, go be religious, but don't be religious because you're told to. Yep. If you like having a nine to five job and a pension and going home and not thinking about your work, find if you find that out about yourself, there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. And if you're built to be a salesperson and make more money when you do better, then find that out about yourself. But you should know those things. And I feel like I've known from probably first year I went to college that I would never live in a city long term. Like mm -hmm. I want to be here. I want to be outside. I want to be near the water. I want to have friends and community around that are just great. Yeah. Like I feel like it's from my experience in the city, it was, it was missing. Mm -hmm. Have there been any particular challenges um, or even advice you would give to someone who wants to start a business in a smaller town, but they're afraid that there won't be enough clients, enough people coming through the doors? Like what advice would you share to somebody who has that mindset block of my town's too small to have a business or run a business in? Build your business plans. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Build your business plan. And if the worst case scenario is X, yeah. you know, minus $30,000 for the first year, mm -hmm. well, make sure you got $30,000 you can lean on. Like make sure the capital is there. Is it, you know, can you take a little money on your mortgage and have a, a line of credit sitting yep. there and that lets you survive? Or do you have yeah. capitalization is a huge a family member that learn. can help you. Do you have like, what's, what is your plan for the worst case scenario? And, and be realistic and then don't be shy to ask questions there's people that have done what you're doing in other places and it's not exactly the same but a 500 foot women's clothing store in bracebridge would be fairly similar to a 600 foot clothing store in collingwood yeah and you're not competing so call that person cold call them be nice buy them a coffee walk into their store and say i'd love to pick your brain i'm doing this somewhere where it's not going to compete with you yeah give me some rundown you know and People are usually very happy to do that. You probably are going to leave that meeting with copies of their, you know, financial statements, yes. right? And they're going to give you a whole bunch. And maybe you're going to, you know, shave one year off your three-year growth plan yep. by getting that. And, and yeah, I feel like don't be afraid to jump in, but don't be afraid to realize that you might live through part of that worst case scenario and have a plan in place for that. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And I think for whatever reason, people are shy to reach out to people who are doing what they're doing, either because they fear they'll be perceived as competition or they just like haven't gotten to a point where they feel comfortable vocalizing their business idea. But that's, like you said, one of the most valuable things you can do is just sit down with somebody who's done it, learn from them. They've been through what you're about to go through. So I think it's a, a simple yet super effective um, answer to that. Now, I know that the two of you have lots going on, new things coming this summer. Um, of course, with COVID, that probably threw a little bit of a wrench in the plans, but it seems like you've still got some amazing stuff that you'd love to share with our listeners. So maybe walk us through like what's coming up in the lives of Jed and Kurt. What are you working on? What's filling your time? And what can we look forward to? Yeah, we've got a, a mezzanine at our health food store and there's a, a boutique gift shop at one end and the other end we've had a little kind of common office space, but kind of underutilized. And we've always talked about what, what our square footage is used for and what other ideas we have to goes in line with a, you know, health food store. And one of the ideas has always been a clothing store, um, like curated, upcycled, recycled, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I've, I've always shopped as a, you know, a goodwill, value village person love that you know hunting for deals mm -hmm. and finding great stuff but it's not curated in those places um and and now as a dad like in town here if you want clothing it's the grocery store or walmart are the two options so your kids wearing joe fresh or george like not that it's a knock on that but just it's not a lot of options yeah um so your money's leaving town or you're going to the city. And if you don't go to the city very often, then your kids are wearing stuff that's too small or more stuff from those other places. So um, we just thought maybe it's, that's one of the ways we could do it. So we've mm -hmm. built this really funky space up on our mezzanine and we've got a whole bunch of clothes and we're going to launch uh, July 1st. 
and it's going to be an, another opportunity for people in the community to come check it out because it does look awesome um is for them to bring their clothes and make an appointment bring your clothes you don't wear anymore we will look through them and hopefully purchase those clothes from you in, in the way of credit to the natural food market or the clothing store itself. So you'll be able to recycle your clothes in and get yourself some and new get stuff. some value for it. So you've got a big garbage bag full of clothes. You can drop up Salvation Army, but if you feel like you want value for it, you don't have to put it on Kijiji or Facebook marketplace. You can come right down to our store and you know, maybe half of it gets bought from you and saves you a trip. And now you can have a free lunch on us and the clothing kind of stays in the community and yeah. So we're, we're excited. The, uh, our office admin girl is like taking it by the bull by the horns and she's got a cool sense of style and the store's looking great. And there's, yeah, we're just it's really excited to roll it out. It's called revolution and you can check it out on Instagram. We've been posting lots of pictures of some outfits, mnfm.revolution. And, uh, yeah, uh, J July 1st, it'll be open to the public. Um, at 11 o'clock and you can go check it out and you can, and we're, we're looking at also setting up the ability to have private appointments at the store. So if you are worried about any crowd or anything like that, you can call ahead and book yourself 15, 20 minutes or half an hour and, and just have a place to yourself to, to find some cool finds and dress the part. So cool. Wow. There's so much going on in your world. Um, very excited. I'll link all of this in our podcast show notes so people can come find you. Um, but is there a hub where people can learn about what's going on in your lives? Like where would you send people if they want to stay connected to you both? Facebook and Instagram are both connected for us. So both of our, you know, operating businesses, the pub, yep. which is also the events company mm -hmm. and the, the health food store, Muskoka Natural Food Market are on both of those platforms. Um, the store, the stories are there. We have websites that are semi-maintained and they've got some, some stories there too. Um, but yeah, I would say the, the stories that post out through mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram are a pretty good way to, to get a vibe of what's going on and what's new and exciting with us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, I think you've made us all excited to get to uh, spend a couple days in Bracebridge exploring the town, uh, especially coming to visit the pub, checking out the vintage clothing store, doing our health food shopping, maybe running a marathon that same weekend. So you're keeping us really busy, but we are certainly excited to pay you guys a visit. So thanks so much for sharing your story on the podcast. I think um, we can learn a lot from kind of the way you guys have scaled this this vision of from one business to so many different projects projects. And as someone myself, who's also very multi-passionate, it's certainly cool to hear from you guys how you're balancing or, or juggling all of the different balls in the air. So thanks again for sharing your story and we'll have to keep in touch. So thanks guys. Thank Special thanks to the town of Bracebridge for supporting the Visionary Life podcast and for believing in our mission of spotlighting visionary entrepreneurs who are sharing their brilliance with the world through their unique businesses. If you'd like to learn more about this quaint little town in Ontario, head to visitthebridge.ca. That's www.visitthebridge.ca. I'll see you in the next episode.